now, it's Chris Harrington from the Daily Memphian on the Grizzlies, Memphis, and more. Presented by the Majestic Grill. Rediscovered downtown dining. Chris Harrington on 92.9's Jeff Calkins Show. My captain's so mean on me. My captain's so mean on me. Chris Harrington joins me now. Chris, what are we listening to? That's uh, Last Fair Deal Gone Down by Delta Blues legend Robert Johnson in honor of NBA trade deadlines. Um, all right. Uh, Xavier Tillman dealt to the Celtics for two seconds. What would you think? It was the most obvious of all trades. So obvious that I had I, I mentioned it on this radio show yesterday. <laughs> um, and I was not the only one who looked at it and said, oh, maybe Tillman to Boston for a second-round pick or two. I, I just think it was the most obvious thing to do. So the Grizzlies have done the most obvious thing to do, and they have done the thing they most needed to do, which was, you know, free up the, their sort of tax crunch going into the summer and give them flexibility. And so the main two boxes, or two of the, maybe two of the three, but the main two boxes sort of have been checked. So the main box has been checked, and then just the, the easiest deal to do has been done. So no big surprise on that Tillman deal. It's funny, Kevin Pelton over at ESPN, he gave the Celtics an A and the Grizzlies a C plus because he said, uh, Listen, just taking back a contract should have been worth a two, and so it seemed the return seemed a little light. I, I, if if there if there had been more than two twos available, I suspect they would have taken it. It seemed some theoretical world where he should have been worth more. Didn't yeah, I don't, I don't. I mean, the whole trade grade thing, sort of. I don't, I don't know. Um, they, I mean, the, the interesting thing about the deal, and uh, to, to the degree anything is, like the, the slight mystery to the deal, I guess, uh-huh. would be. You know, if they didn't take, could, and I didn't, I didn't take time to investigate because I knew they were getting a player back. But I think Boston could have done that deal without sending a player uh, in terms of league rules. And so, did the Grizzlies, if, if the Grizzlies had not taken back a contract from Boston, would it have only been one second? Did they get the second second because they took the contract back? That I don't know. But Boston wasn't going to do that deal without sending back a contract just because. The Grizzlies are under the tax, and the Celtics are over the tax, and like there was no reason right. not to like flip out a contract in that trade. I think getting once the, once the Grizzlies had determined they were not going to re-sign Tillman, I think getting two real second-round picks is like, pretty good. Like I, I don't, I, I certainly didn't expect any better than that, and it right. wouldn't surprise me if it had only been one pick. I I don't really. I think it's totally fine for the Grizzlies once you determine you're not re-signing the guy. I think there's much of a chance they would sign him after the season. Bring it back. The Grizzlies? Yeah. No, I, I think the problem is, you know, I, once, once Tillman, I'll write some about this in a trade deadline wrap-up since I haven't written about this trade yet, but, like, you know, Tillman's, Tillman's perimeter game hasn't really developed, and Brandon Clark's perimeter game hasn't really developed. And so if one of those guys, you you know, Stephen Adams didn't have a perimeter game either, right? right. If one of those two guys is, you think is your starter next to Jaron that you feel good about, that doesn't matter as much. But if you're if they're both bench players for you, having two six eight backup centers who can't stretch the floor, like that's fine when Tillman's on a on a minimum contract and he's right. your fifth big in your pecking order. But you're not going to re-sign him to what's going to be a higher market value deal. To, to for him to be a bench player with Brandon Clark, who's going to be a bench player, and with Santi Aldama, who's probably going to be a bench player. So it just it just didn't make sense for the Grizzlies. Right. The um the uh. Uh, you wrote, you retweeted a story from last year's playoffs about his greatest game as a Grizz, which we'll talk about here. I think is his greatest moment as a Grizz the three that he hit against Golden State. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely. He, he, hit, he hit a three-pointer from the corner in overtime. The Grizzlies were down. I looked at that again this morning. The Grizzlies were down, I think, 109-107, so two points behind, with 125 on the clock in overtime in Golden State. He hits the three from the corner to go ahead. Um, that was definitely his be- best moment. But, you know, he, he came through. He, you know, when Steven Adams got yanked in game two against Minnesota, the Grizzlies down the game already. He had 13 points, seven, seven boards, six and seven shooting, had a really nice game two against Minnesota and a win the Grizzlies had to have. And then last year in, you know, a game two win, a, a game they had to have and ultimately lose the series anyway. But at that point, you're down 0-1 at home. And those, so that's a big game. He comes down as the best game of his life in game two against the Lakers for a win. So he had, he had big game slash moments in the playoffs three years in a row for the Grizzlies. It's kind of mystifying that, I mean, everyone has great moments and low moments and whatever, but, but he, he didn't, as you point out, offensively, he did not. His, his greatest moment was hitting a three. And he never, he never sort of expanded it that it part of the game. And it didn't yeah. develop. And then he didn't. He didn't become the consistent uh, regular contributor that one might have hoped. Tillman, and I, I think he could, he could bounce back in some of these ways and be better. Um, Tillman was one of the worst offensive players in the league this season. He was a very good defensive player this season, and I think that's the main reason Boston acquired him, to give them some defensive utility off the bench. But I, I sort of did some stats belunking this morning. There were about 245. There are about 245 NBA players this season who have taken at least 200 shots, 200 field goal attempts. Tillman is dead last in true shooting percentage of those. Like dead last, right. the very bottom. He was bad from the three point line. He was bad from the foul line. He was bad at the rim. He was bad on his floaters. Literally nothing was working for him this season offensively. Like the floater stuff, that would really abandon him because he's sort of been bad the other areas all, all along for the most part. He couldn't even hit floaters this year, so he's been a disaster offensively. I think he's capable of being better. Um, I think I think there's a trade that made total sense for both teams, which is why I suggested it before right. it happened. Yeah, um, and it's funny you did a mailbag uh, a week or so ago where someone asked you about sort of all time. Grizzlies who went on to have great careers elsewhere, basically. But the the the, the conceit was they hadn't been great before they left here. Like, yeah, pa- pa- the, the, the idea was count. like you know ones that got away, young yeah, guys who went who, on to better. Who got things. away, yeah. And and so Powell wouldn't count as as that, for example, Rudy Gay or Shane Battier. There've been good players who've been traded away. Who whatever they certainly don't they don't fit. Um, Kyle Lowry sort of, I guess, does fit, although it's Lowry, complicated. The, Lowry is by far the, 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 the winner, the, the biggest example. Yeah, there's, there's the Grizzly trade him was entirely rational, but in terms of a guy who went on to better things, I mean, yeah, he went on to much, much, much better things. Um, Damari Carroll fits, right? A little bit, yeah. I mean, he certainly became. He went from a guy at the end of the bench to a guy who became like a meaningful rotation player. And in fact, right. he was a starter, I believe. On a, that sixty-win Hawks team, he was the fifth starter. But like, so what? That's good, right? Well, and in, in a way, I guess that's what I, I think of. That Tillman could like could follow that. He's he's yeah, not going to worry about. Really gonna have to, yeah, his offense is really going to have to develop for him to to, to even beat Amari Carroll. But I think he's going to stick around the league as a useful like big right. off the bench, the way he's been for the Grizzlies. Um. So. And now we wait to see if they do anything else. And I guess the safest bet would be no, right? Yeah, I, w- I, w- I would now tend to be unlikely um, to make a deal. Um, you know, I, obviously they got those four wings out there who are not 
settled in their rotation and are all under contract next season. And we, we've been talking about it all year. Larati, Laravia, Zaire Williams, John Conchar. Um, I, I think it seems to me like, I mean, obviously the deadline is just now approaching and deals are popping off this morning. And so uh, deadline has a way to, you know, provoke activity. But it seems to me like there may be, there may be sort of caught in between on those guys where they don't have value in the sense that teams are going to give you something to, to get them in the way that right. teams were willing to give them something for Steven Adams and Tillman. But I also sense it's not at the point where the Grizzlies are willing to give up stuff to get rid of them. Like I said, no one's going to give you two second-round picks for, for David Roddy or, or John Conchar. But I don't think the Grizzlies are going to give you two second-round picks for you to take them either. And so you, you may be sort of caught in between on those guys. So it wouldn't surprise me at this point if they just don't move, do anything with any of them and you roll it into the summer. I still think, you know, if, if something pops up, uh, they'd probably like to do something and, and shake that up a little bit. But I don't, sense, I don't get the sense they're going to get anything for them, and I don't get the sense that they're willing to give up anything to get rid of them either. It certainly says something about their value. <laughs> that, like, yeah, no, no. no one is willing to give up anything for well, any... I'm, I'm we don't know this for I, certain. I, right? Yeah, yes. I don't know that as a fact. We don't know right. this, right. But we're, 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 we're looking at the landscape and surmising here what might be happening, which would say something about their value. At what point, though, Chris, like, at some point they do have to winnow down this group, right? So will this summer? Now, who knows? There'll be all I, kinds of packages. I don't, no? I think have to is too strong. They can bring them but all I back. Think they, I, think, I think need, they need to. I think they need to. I mean, they could bring them all back. I, I don't think that should be the preference, and I doubt it is the preference. And so I think, you know, you know on, on your check, summer checklist, I think, get, you know, freeing up one of those spots should be on their checklist. But as a theoretical matter, like, you know, I mean, right, right now, if you look at their roster, the 15-man roster, it includes um, – Lamar Stevens and Victor Oladipo, the other 13 are under contract next season. So if you take both those guys off the board and you replace them with Gigi Jackson and a lottery pick, like, you know, you can say we're done here. But I don't think that's right. They, they need a center or two, <laughs> whatever. So do you think, by so the way, the lottery pick could be the center? But we'll yeah, see. Do you think do you think, by the way, in terms of that, that. Could you imagine, like right now, if you look at where the Grizzlies are, are suppo- projected to be picking, 5 to 10, right? And you look at who lines up on most people's draft boards, 5 to 10, it's not a center. Like there's one, 1 to 5, and there's some 10 to 15. And so I'm not saying they couldn't. The, oh, all the draft boards are I think fluid. you see, I mean, my, from the box I've looked at, like, the, like Kyle Filipowski's draft range seems to be like 8 to 12. Right. And so, like, like you know, it can be where the Grizzlies pick, right? Right. But also, like, you know, you're not locked into where you're – and I'm not saying the Grizzlies are going to be a center in the draft. I have no idea. But Zach Kleiman, I think, has traded – I think the only picks he's ever made where he just took the pick where the pick was was John Moran at number two and, like, Vince Williams at 47. I, I think guess, that's it. I guess, I guess, he always moved right. around. Yeah. I guess my question is, with all these wings – as I'm looking at the draft board, can I cross out all the wings? Like, is there no? There, no, not at all. No, you, because because if you look up and like you 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 know you, you feel like the best player on the board is Cody Williams or Minus right. Bazellus or whatever, yeah, they take him. And like you you think they're going to be really good? Like, yeah, I mean, yes. I'm I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, you, I'm never a need guy. I don't believe in drafting for for need, but it's just it it at some point the number of wings. I I just wondered, but yes, okay. Uh, there have been trades, Chris. Um, let's see. I don't know how familiar you are with all of them, if you've seen them flying by. Um, 
Buddy Heald to the Sixers um, was interesting. Basically, uh, three seconds going back, it's more complicated than that. Um, it does suggest he isn't expiring, but it suggests that the Sixers aren't giving up this year with, with despite the injury, right? Is that what, What's your analysis of that deal? Um, Quentin Grimes just got traded. I, I, I'm oh. sorry to not answer your question, but no. it literally popped up on my phone as we're talking. Yeah. Quentin, Grimes, Quentin Grimes got traded to the Pistons. I think that's notable to bring up because there had been uh, some yeah. reporting that the Grizzlies had called about him. And so he did get traded from the Knicks to the Pistons, For not what? to the Grizzlies. For what? <laughs> um, Alec Burks. I assume there's some draft picks involved, but that is not in the initial report. Okay. Um, so what you, which one you asked me about? Eh, yeah, whatever. So, anyway, you had about the Buddy Hill deal. So that's kind of interesting because, like, typically, like, you, a veteran player is traded for three second-round picks. That, we, we've seen that genre of trade right. here in the last week. But the Grizzlies are out of the playoff mix and the Indiana Pacers are not. Typically that trade happens when one team is, is loading up for the playoffs and one team is, 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 is hitting the eject button on the season. And that is not the case because the Pacers are in the mix. And so it's interesting to me that the Pacers would move heel basically just for some contract match and second-round picks when they're, when he plays for them in a playoff run. But maybe they're just thinking big picture on it, and they want to move off his contract going into next summer, that going into next season, and that you know while they're good now, this is not the best they're going to be. So maybe they're thinking holistically about it that if they can get 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 value for him now and get off of that money going into the summer, they need to do it while they can. So maybe that's what they're thinking. In Philadelphia, but he's, he's, like, an ex- you know, he's an expiring. Is he an expiring? I thought he had another year. No, he's an expiring. I'm quite confident. Okay. Yeah, so well, I don't, maybe you just decided you just decided you know you're not going to resign him and so right. get value get, get value for him because this is not your year. Right, Philadelphia, like it, maybe they're thinking this still needs to be our year if it can be right, and so you know we'll see Embiid is sort of up in the air and so you're you're, you're but that's a trade you make as if you're expecting Joel Embiid to be back playing with you, you know, right. in the playoffs. All right, so the next one is uh, the Jazz Toronto deal, which sent. Uh, Kelly Olynyk uh, to Toronto. So th- that yeah, yeah, that one is interesting to me because I mean, usually with trades, there's the core of what the trade, the core exchange, and there's like other stuff around the edges that that's thrown in that makes it work or whatever, right? And so the Grizzlies traded Tillman for two second round picks, and they're bringing they're getting Lamar Stevens in the deal. But Lamar Stevens is not the exchange that's happening; he's right. just in the deal. So with this, I mean, at a glance, I would say the exchange is that Toronto's trading a 2024 first-round pick for O.J. Agbaji, sorry if I mispronounced that, who is a wing player the Jazz took with a first-round pick like a year ago. And so maybe maybe the Jazz are out on him a little bit, Toronto's still in on him, and so it's sort of an even exchange there. So Kelly Olenek does not not need to be in this trade if that is the core exchange. So why is Olenek, who is headed to the free agency, in this trade? It tells me Toronto wants his bird rights, which is which is a which is a mechanism that allows you to re-sign a player, um, even if you're over the cap, if they're your own free agent. And so that tells me that Toronto wants Kelly Olynyk because they want to try to re-sign him this summer, which you know has some relevance to the Grizzlies because when you talk about the universe of centers that could right. be available in different mechanisms this summer, he he was and sort of remains one of them. But that makes it seem it seems to me makes it less likely he's going to be available. Uh, and then it's a good day to be Gordon Hayward, I guess, right? Um, he goes to Oklahoma. It's always a good day to get out of Charlotte. That's what I'm saying. It's always a good day yeah. to get out of Charlotte. People have been saying it's nice for Tillman to go to Boston, but Gordon Haywood to go from Charlotte um, to Oklahoma City. What did you make of that one? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, he'll 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 jump right into the rotation on one of the best teams in the West, and then you know he, he he's going to end up signing somewhere, maybe Oklahoma City, probably somewhere else. So he'll sign some contract this summer somewhere for a lot less money. But for now, he gets to go on a playoff run with the Thunder, and then see what happens after that. So that deal makes a lot of sense. Um, it's funny as you look at the West right now. Um, it is a you know it's a complete muddle at the top. You've got Oklahoma City. It's a four-way tie, I think. It is literally a, well, it's a three-way tie now. Uh, The Clippers are half a game back. So it's Oklahoma City, Minnesota, and Denver all at 35 and 16. Minnesota recently lost, uh, blew a lead and lost to the Bulls, who are in town tonight. Um, And then the Clippers half a game back. Do you have any particular conviction about um, how that's going to sort itself out? Who do you believe? I in? don't have I don't have a lot of regular season conviction. I, you know, whatever. Like who who, who has injuries right. and who doesn't, and who gets lucky and who's unlucky. I you know, I think it sorts itself out anyway in the regular season. From a playoff standpoint, I definitely believe in Denver, who like won the title last year, and the Clippers, who have Kawhi Leonard, who's won the right. title in two different cities. So I, I you know, there, there's a proof of concept there for me with Nikola Jokic and Kawhi Leonard leading teams to championships. Um, and so, and, and the coaches there have also done that. Um, and so I, I, I believe in the Clippers, the, the Nuggets and the Clippers more as a, from a playoff standpoint than I do the Wolves or Thunder. Maybe I believe in the Wolves a little bit more than the Thunder in the playoffs. I mean, they're certainly more experienced. They, you know, they've been in the playoffs the last couple of years. Um, but I don't know. I, I think there's a fragility there, too. I, you know, I think it's notable to me that they traded. There was rumors they may have tried to trade for our, our old buddy Tyus Jones. Instead, they traded for uh, Monte Morris, who right. was a, 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 a like basically like the 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 not the bargain store Tyus Jones, but he's like the eighty cents on the dollar Tyus Jones. Right. And so I, you know, I think they needed the big problem with Minnesota has been they're too dependent on Mike Conley. Speaking right. of our old friends, and so they added another point guard who's sort of in that mold, and so I think that helps stabilize them a little bit. He's been hurt pretty much all year long and just came back and now uh, is dealt. Yeah. Tyus Jones, I guess, is the obvious one to still be dealt today. Is he, I mean, he's unrestricted at the end of the year, right? So he would, one would think. Yeah, yeah I, he, he's, he's near the top of my list of players I would assume are going to get traded. Speaking of players that people have um, mentioned who thought about with the Grizzlies, this must be part of the same Grimes trade, although it's a separate report. Uh-huh. Apparently, Bojan Bogdanovich is going to New York. So Grimes is going. This guy. Oh, Fournier. This has not been reported. But Evan Fournier's got to be in this trade. So this trade is probably going to be Evan Fournier's expiring contract and Quentin Grimes to Detroit. I see. For Bojan Bogdanovic and Alec Burks, and so the Knicks loading up a veteran shooters for a playoff yeah. run. Yeah. Um, by the way, do you think I asked you yesterday if if you know the Grizzlies need need the player or who will be next to Jaren, play next to Jaron Jackson Jr. next year? Um, and I asked you if I gave you a list of 10, you think you could name them. Do you think the Grizzlies, like, for example, like, I don't know if Kelly Olynyk was on their list of, of, of people. Do you think they have a pretty clear sense of, listen, it's going to be, you know, one of these three guys? I, I would doubt it's that narrow. I, I would doubt it's that narrow because you just don't know. Like, we don't, uh, get back to me after the lottery, right? right. Like, are they going to be picking first, second, third, fourth? Right. Or are they going to be picking six, seven, eight, nine? It's going to be one of those two ranges, probably. And so I think that really impacts things a lot in terms of who you might draft, in terms of 
how you might maneuver within the draft in terms of whether you might just trade out of the pick for a veteran. I think, I think they, I think they have, they have, I'm sure they have gamed out multiple potential paths, but I doubt it's as narrow as like, you know, we're, we're definitely going to have one of these two or three guys. I doubt it's that narrow. Wait, yeah. You, you look at the Marcus Smart deal too. It just comes out of the blue, right? They've been interested in him right. in a long time, but then another yeah. deal falls apart and all of a sudden, um, it comes out of the blue. Do you think they have already, talking about Luke Kennard, do you think they've had conversations with Luke Kennard's agent about whether he would uh, take less next year if they didn't pick up his option? Do you think that would have happened as they are parsing I, 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 together I, their I, options in the heading into next year? I don't know because that sort of somewhat presupposes the Grizzlies would prefer that route, and that is unclear to me because of sort of the injury history with Kennard. Like, would you like to have Kunar next season for less money? 100%. But the only, reason you're, only way you're going to have him next season for less money is to him have years. him for multiple years, right? And the multiple years is not going to be nothing. And so would you rather have Luke Kennard for, I'm just making up numbers, right. for one year and, you know, 15 or for three years and, and 35 or what? You know, you know I right. just don't, I don't know what the answer to that is. Um, all right. Appreciate it, Chris. Thanks very much. Thanks. Chris Harrington.